do you remember how old you were or where you were at when you saw paranormal activity? Um, I don't know how old I was or where I was at, but I do remember that shit scaring the hell out of me. I just remember it being a big thing. I did not see paranormal activity because like I said, I don't fuck with horror like that. And when mm-hmm. that came out, the trailer alone, like they did this whole new thing of showing you how the viewers, the audience yeah, was reacting. how we reacted to of, it. Yeah, and it was just like, oh my God, everybody's scared. I'm not going to see this. Yeah, it was it was marketed. Like I, I didn't know what to expect from that fucking movie. And then I watched it and it was it was actually pretty fucking terrifying because it's so, I think that's one of the, the cool things about Paranormal Activity is how low budget it was, but how efficient it was at doing its job. Like it scared the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. all right so i know you guys are thinking that we are going on a scary movie <laughs> spiel which we kind of are but just stay tuned listen listen so thank you so much you guys for tuning back into another episode of shit black girls watch i'm your host mia danae alongside my best friend trish and we are getting into today's episode which is episode nine so excited and we are talking about welcome to bloom house and if you don't know bloom house bloom house helped produce get out also us and a whole plethora of other movies but specifically today we are talking about the movies that they released on amazon which is four horror movies that they released and we thought it was a good like we enjoyed the movies so we're going to talk about them yeah and it's a dope collaboration for the purposes that they're collaborating for yeah exactly so we're going to get into all of that but before we do of course you know we have to start off with um of course our thank yous but also we want you guys to continue to listen continue to spread the word about shit black girls watch because our audience is growing so naturally and we're so thankful that you guys enjoy the show and that you are spreading the word to more people so definitely leave a comment leave a review um and leave a five star ding 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 all right (laughs) and so I did also want to give you guys a quick little announcement that we are going to be looking for advertisers for season two. So if you have a business, you know, a small business, a black owned business, a minority owned business, please let us know and reach out to us. You can hit us up at svgwpod at gmail. I'll also put that in our description. If you want to advertise on the podcast, we would love to get your um, business out there. Now, this episode is sponsored by The Real Effect, which is a Black entertainment news site, and it is also a resource for filmmakers that are trying to make it into the industry. You guys can check them out at therealeffect.tv. All right, (laughs) Let's, (laughs) let's get into the good stuff. So, you know, we always start every episode off with our Black unicorn, so why don't you do the honors, Trish? Yay! So our Black unicorn today is Remy Weeks. He is the writer and director of that new movie on Netflix, His House, um, about the two asylum seekers that are trying to start a new life in England. The movie is, if you don't fuck with horror, it is pretty scary. It's a lot to take in, but it's not like a traditional horror movie. And I think that's what sets it apart. And I wanted to highlight Remy because he is essentially playing with the horror, the horror viewing experience, because it's not just about like, you know, jump scares and like, oh, demons and possessions, stuff, stuff like that. There are other ways to like still embody like elements of horror without having to do all that. And I think that's kind of what he was looking to do. And like, you know, like the older versions of horror, this movie is basically he's taking the real life issues of asylum seekers. He like studied them and everything like that. And he's doing this kind of like character study of 
their treatment by the government as well as like their survivors remorse for the situation that they escaped in Sudan. But Remy actually, I think this is one of his first, like I, if it's not his first, it's one of his like early feature debuts. So Remy studied film and video at the London College of Communications, but he was really discouraged after graduating, trying to break into the film industry is very difficult. Um, but he ended up collaborating with this kid, Luke White, who graduated from the same school and they created like this experimental production company. And they did this really cool, if you, if you have Vimeo or if you know what Vimeo is, they did a really cool short. It's like a short horror movie called Tickle Monster. I don't know if they did oh it together. God. Remy it did was, it by himself. It was really did you good. Watch that? It was so good and it scared the shit out of me in five yes. minutes. <laughs> It was, it was, it's this very, and I, I'm sorry if I misspoke. I think Remy actually did this by himself after they disbanded that group, but they did do short films and commercials and stuff until 2016. So I think he was approached to do Tickle Monster. And this little short is really actually kind of like, it gives you anxiety watching that shit. But it's also like humorous at the same time. It's it such is. a weird mix. What did he say? Like, mans don't giggle. I was like, what? Yeah. He was like, and she was giggle. like, she was like, you better not. And I was like, okay. They're not letting the monster get you. Yeah, I was like, I don't know where the fuck this movie's going, but it actually ended up being really dope. And like the ending was actually a, like, you know, kind of caught me in my fucking face. So if you have like four, four or five minutes or so and you have Vimeo, you should check out his really, really early Tickle Monster. And I guess one of the reasons we ended up picking Remy Weeks was because, you know, again, his house is not a traditional horror viewing experience. And neither are any of these four movies that Amazon collaborated with Bloomhouse to do. So it kind of all ties together in this in this experimental horror genre that everyone's doing. So I'm really excited about that because I do fuck with horror. Yeah, I'm starting to grow and like horror. Um, I watched all four of these movies and didn't... <laughs> I wasn't like extremely freaked out or anything like that like I was like a little on my edge I was more irritated by some of the characters yeah. in these movies yeah. than anything <laughs> so that that was interesting for me um being someone that doesn't like horror we should talk a little bit I guess about the collaboration in general between Bloomhouse and Amazon so Bloomhouse traditionally does do horror we were talking about that earlier and when you're talking about like playing with a viewing experience I don't know that they've necessarily done that you know, throughout his throughout their history, but they have had a couple of those outlier horror films like Paranormal Activity. Um, and I would almost say like Insidious too, to some degree, but- Oh my God, Insidious is like, at, I'm gonna let you know, after I saw Insidious, I really didn't fuck with horror anymore because I told you, I, even though I like a psychological thriller, I don't <laughs> fuck with like you being Insidious able to like really scary. fuck with my mind. Yeah, it was just messing with my mind too much. And I'm a really like vivid dreamer. Oh my god! So goodness. I was just like, uh-uh, I can't have shit in my dreams. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna create a scale of like horror preferences, and I'm gonna use like your preferences to like scale that. I'm gonna be like, this is a scale of one to five of like whether or not Mia would be scared. And yes, that's how I'm gonna direct people <laughs> to horror films. I'm like, this would be like a three on Mia scale. So whatever you feel about that. But yeah, Bloomhouse, they I guess they're one of those. Um, they do like low budget kind of high quality stuff and they've been doing these movies throughout the years because they've also done one of my personal favorite movies of all time whiplash they did um fucking the purge too when you talk about like new creative horror ideas so they've been out here you know for years creating this content but they ended up partnering with amazon because they wanted to do like two things it was the diverse they wanted to diversify like the horror genre and you know display some more diverse talent 
and they wanted to showcase movies that weren't necessarily ready for a theatrical release, but still produce quality material. So I thought that was a really cool reason for them to, you know, to even create this. And all the stories were very like, the like the message was evident. And I thought that was interesting too, that all of them kind of tap into this central message of family yeah. and kind of like the sacrifices family will make or, you know, how the effects of your family on you know, just your psyche and like the things that you'll do in general within your yeah. own life. I guess the films, because of like that central theme are supposed to be like an anthology where they explore, you know, one central theme across several different stories. I don't know if they've labeled it an anthology, but it kind of feels that way because they have four more movies coming out in 2021 um, that kind of follow the same thing, whether it's a central theme, but it tells four different stories, four different cultures, whatever. You know, I think that was pretty much what they were trying to do. Okay, so that really reminds me of the um, new collaboration that Amazon Prime Video is doing with Stephen Queen, which I'm super excited about. So it's called Small Acts, and it's a collection of five original films by Stephen McQueen set from the late 1940s to the mid-1980s, um, talking about personal stories from London's West Indian community. What? I am so excited for these stories. One, you know, just the West... Indian like perspective is so needed in general in storytelling, but to have it specifically from London, which we know is heavily influenced by Jamaican culture and um, all these other West Indian communities. I'm really, really looking forward to this. Yeah, that's dope. And we're actually, you know, we'll end up watching those movies and doing something similar as well for those as well. Oh yeah, yes we will. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, we're going to get back to Amazon, their collaboration with Bloomhouse. All right. So before we get into our Let's Get Real segment, where we're going to break down these four Bloomhouse movies, I was looking at, you know, the list of Bloomhouse's like most popular movies, and I haven't watched all of them at all. But mm -hmm. I was really surprised that Black Klansman was on the list and was produced um, by Bloomhouse, because I feel like that's like kind of an outlier. Like, I feel like it's not technically horror and it's not technically yeah. psychological thriller so I had totally I didn't even know Black Klansman was produced by Bloomhouse yeah yeah they're, they're, I actually found out when I was doing this that Whiplash was produced by Bloomhouse because that's one of those other outliers I, I fucking love that movie if you get a chance definitely watch Whiplash but I I didn't realize it was produced by Bloomhouse because when you think of Bloomhouse you do start to think of like all the movies we we're talking about like fucking the purge sinister insidious all the like the scary movies mm -hmm. so they do have these interesting like not even psychological thrillers just like these interesting character studies just kind of thrown in there too yeah i feel like they love playing with what could be horrific because get out is a prime example of what is horrific to black people but not yeah. necessarily white people so um maybe that's what it is for them yeah, and I guess in and, and Black Klansman too. Like I, I guess um, there's there's something terrifying about what goes on in Whiplash as far as trying to achieve greatness too, like the destruction of a person. So you're actually right about that. I didn't even notice that. But so I guess I recant my statement from earlier. They have been kind of playing with the genre and the viewing experience and stuff like that on their own before Amazon. So that's cool. So let's get into these four movies. So should we start with our least favorite well we kind of agree on what our favorites are and mm -hmm. what the least favorite is so maybe we should go by the ones that were ranked the highest on imdb or ranked the lowest on imdb to the highest yeah let's start with those okay, okay. so so we can start with evil eye and we'll talk about the rating but 
evil eye. <laughs> because, because I have feelings. So evil eye is basically this story about the mother of like a modern Indian American woman. And she's really concerned about her daughter's safety because she's seeing this new guy, which basically evokes some feelings of a past abusive relationship. I like this movie a lot. And I liked it a little bit more, like a little bit more than the other movies. And I, I don't know why I thought it was just like, I like, again, I grade horror based on the effort and, you know, psychological thrillers, all of that. Like I grade it based on what they tried to do. And I thought that was a really ambitious story to try to do. Well, not ambitious. I think Black Box was the most ambitious, but I thought they were ambitious in what they were trying to do. They just didn't execute it well. Yeah, I really enjoyed Evil Eye too. Um, I think when you're saying like they're ambitious in the sense of bringing this Indian American yes. story to kind of like in the sense of we don't really see a lot of these stories outside of Bollywood. Um, and for them, I really found it interesting because it's really heavy, like Indian culture, like evil eye in itself. Yeah. And you, yeah, go ahead and explain evil eye. I feel like you'll explain it better than me. Yeah, evil eye. Like, so I actually do subscribe to like the concept of an evil eye. And it's basically like, a, it's like a superstition or to some, they believe it's a curse and it's a malevolent glare. And something like that doesn't necessarily have to be an intentional like evil glare. And by evil, it could be something so much as like your envy is so deep in you that you accidentally cast it on another person when like you're looking at them or somebody so envious of you that they accidentally cast it on you. So, you know, there's different levels of malevolence, but yeah, it's basically the superstition that, you know, if you stare at somebody with those kind of intentions, then you cast those intentions on them. So I am a person that if I see something that I like, like even on a person, like they have something, I try not to stare too long because I don't want to put anything on them. Like I don't want anything, you know, malevolent intentionally or unintentionally. I don't, I try not to be too envious of what I'm looking at. Mm, that's, that's so interesting because I was reading up on um, Evil Eye after mm. watching this movie and I didn't realize how like, I guess, I don't want to say well-known, but how like, how many people actually believe in this and it's like not just in like asian mm -hmm. um superstition or belief but it actually goes throughout parts of africa uh spain mm -hmm. italy even parts of america people believe in this and within the movie the daughter um she had an evil eye which it's it's like a little ironic that the uh jewelry oh, you're talking about the used, talisman yeah the actual yeah. like protectant that is used to protect you against the evil eye is also called evil eye. So um, throughout the movie, the young woman had this uh, like evil eye bracelet that was supposed mm -hmm. to protect her from evil eye. I think what I liked the most about this movie was of course the Indian heritage that they showed throughout. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that I didn't realize Indian culture was so heavily influenced by astrology. Oh yeah, that's so dope. Yeah, I really didn't even realize that until I saw Indian matchmaking on Netflix. And I was like, oh, wow, like this is yeah, this is totally new for me. And I loved it because I fuck with astrology. So. Right. I love it. I love it so much. And it was it, they were using it throughout, like, you know, during the little matchmaking, like during the matchmaking processes. And I was like, I love this. And they were mm -hmm. really like getting into it, too, as far as like what your astrological traits, like how they make up you as a person, like mm -hmm. what defining qualities you would have. And I was like, this is pretty dope. We're, yeah, we're going to have to do a whole episode on that show. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, so that's one of the things I loved about Evil Eye. And then, of course, like the mother-daughter relationship. You know, I always appreciate a mother-daughter relationship because I'm a 
only child raised primarily by a single mother. But I don't know, like the mom, I was getting a little frustrated. Like I said, all of these movies made me a little frustrated <laughs> at some point. <laughs> can we can we do can we agree that the mom was was really great actress though? Oh yeah, she was good. Yeah. She mom was a great was really actress. Good actress. Um, but I, she frustrated me a little bit <laughs> because she was just like, even though I understand why she was coming so strong to her daughter about like, yeah, her, like her intuition. Invasive. Yeah. But it was like, mom, I need you to approach this differently. Like you yeah. came at her this way already twice and it hasn't worked. <laughs> I yeah, adjusting. But I guess that's like a, I don't know if that's just like a, a minority experience in general is just having like stubborn parents sometimes like they just do not adjust like what works for them is what works for them and it's like even though this communication is failing right now I'm gonna keep going I'm gonna see it through um so yeah evil I got a 4.7 on IMDb we would have rated it a little higher what would you have rated evil I I would have given evil I I'm teetering somewhere around 5.2 5.2 sheriff <laughs> Okay, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. All right, so let's move on to the next um, movie, which got a 5.7, which was Nocturne. And this one annoyed the yeah. shit out of me as well. There was, a, there was so many reasons. I See, this is what I mean about Evil Eye having the, li- the lowest rating, but being like one of the more enjoyables. Yeah, it's funny. Like these next two movies annoyed the shit out of me the most. Right. But I, I like Nocturne. So Nocturne There's is a about- common denominator. <laughs> So Nocturne um, was about a gifted pianist who competes with her equally gifted twin sister at a prestigious institution for classical musicians. So I was coming to the realization that I was like, okay, I kind of fuck with the sister because, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're going to, if you're going to go all out, go all the way fucking out. And she started going, like she started speaking everything that she had already been thinking mind so basically like this twin sister one was the more gifted one and was going to Juilliard and the other yeah. one didn't get into Juilliard and she was you know pissed and jealous of her sister who had the boyfriend who had the scholarship yes, there's some evil eye. yeah heavy um <laughs> and so she comes across this like composition book filled with music from this girl that committed suicide first of all I'm throwing I'm not touching that shit like, I yeah. don't know that I want to keep anything like that. But first of all, she was so desperate. She was so desperate to get better mm-hmm. that it didn't matter. Yeah, because by any means one, necessary. This one girl was the one girl that was better than her sister. So she was like, okay, I need this book to see what she was doing. So maybe I can be better than my sister. But and she what, had so much beef with her sister. It was so crazy because at the <laughs> end, I realized, I realized that literally like the whole time, all she wanted was her sister to be like proud of her she really wanted her she really wanted her family and her sister and everyone to like like her and love her and I don't even think that she definitely wanted like the fame or whatever but it was kind of spooky to me like the ending when she like did her little piano thing and her sister was like smiling and happy for her and I was like wow damn she was so depressed and so miserable all because she wanted what more like support and Mm -hmm. from her family and her sister and they to me I felt like they gave it to her but she was just so caught up in her own like ego that she couldn't see it but it it gets a lot deeper than that I'm trying not to be like give spoilers for the movie the whole thing was just 
sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it without calling her all kinds of insensitive names. Because <laughs> so. everything that was coming to mind was really insensitive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It just, I, I just did, she had such a like codependent, like codependence on her sister's approval. It was just insane. Like that, it was just insane. I'll leave it at that. But I thought it was interesting because the movie did teach me a word that I didn't know. She ends up making, slightly spoiler alert, a Faustian agreement or she makes a Faustian decision of some sort. And I didn't know what that was. And I looked it up and it's basically a situation where an ambitious person surrenders moral integrity in order to achieve power. And I was like, that is really exactly what the fuck this movie is. <laughs> like, this is a Faustian movie. <laughs> because, and, and to some degree, I think Whiplash might also be a Faustian movie, but I thought that was just a really interesting term for this, this specific moral like issue. And what was really surprising to me also is that everything that she wanted, she actually got emotionally mm -hmm. at the end even though it didn't turn out how the viewers yeah. would have expected it to turn out in the sense mm -hmm. of you thinking someone would physically but get she, everything that they she wanted. she did, though. But she legit got everything that she wanted. Yeah, and but that's what it's like. That's, I guess, the contractual terms to the Faustian, you know, situation is that it's for a limited term. Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. last. And I think that's exactly, like, I couldn't think of anything to describe this movie better than that word. So. That was, yeah, that was really good. Um, that was a perfect definition of <laughs> the short ass term yeah. that she got everything that she wanted in a short ass term. So what would you have given it? Um, Cause it was rated 5.7. I might've gave it like a five, yeah, maybe around a five too. <laughs> because now that I think about it, it was a pretty good movie and maybe it was actually better than Evil Eye. I think, yeah, I'm just giving Evil Eye extra points because I thought what they were doing was kind of creative, just overly ambitious. They don't know that they executed it well. But Nocturne, I feel like, uh, I, I'm going to stick with five. It wasn't completely outside of what you've seen in horror, but I feel mm. like they did take a little bit of a different approach in the sense they of did. like definitely just did. what the story was in general about the twins and, you know, the classically tra trained and um, how this like book kind of predicted um mm -hmm. what was going to happen to her and like this the the deal that she made with the devil without really realizing it spoiler alert <laughs> that gives nothing though that like <laughs> that little line gives nothing to all the shit that happened you're right in this though movie. you're right okay um so i'm i'm still on trisha's chart here it's <laughs> definitely evil eye nocturne but you guys can decide so you want to do the lie Oh, yes. Let's I get figured. into this bullshit. <laughs> right. This, that's what this movie is. The, the fucking tagline for this movie should be some bullshit. Because that's what this movie is. Now, this movie was the number one movie that annoyed the shit out of me. I was annoyed the whole fucking time. Yo, oh, my gosh. I wish people would just, like, pause here, go watch The Lie, and then listen to this part. Because you need to watch this fucking movie to get what we're talking about. <laughs> Let's talk about the plot. Let's try not to give anything wait, away. Wait, okay. So it got a fucking 5.8 on yes. IMDb. Yes. Let's start there. Let's, yes. Which is interesting because even though, like I said, I enjoyed Evil Eye again more than I enjoyed. Well, I might have enjoyed The Lie more than Evil Eye up until the end. So I'm going to put Evil Eye above fucking The Lie anyways. Okay. So this movie is about a teenage girl that kills her best friend and her parents try to cover it up and protect her. And so it starts off 
this girl is like so jealous of her best her so-called best friend i didn't feel the best right i didn't feel the best friend vibes at all in the beginning but you know it's her at the end you can see this is her ride or die this (laughs) is her best fucking friend in the entire world they are best friends till the end you know she she absolutely kills her best friend um and her parents try to cover it up mind you her parents are separated they're divorced um and this basically brings this brings them back together this traumatic experience of trying to protect their daughter this um family is also white (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's important information (laughs) oh but what was just so frustrating was the the shit that these parents did because this movie was like the typical like scream or horror movie you would see where you're like no don't go that way yo but it was just it was all decision like like while that's a physical decision all of this was just like please for the love of god use some critical thinking here (laughs) just make a good decision for once my goodness they were not making any good decisions in this movie none of the characters (laughs) no no one was making any good decisions not a single person wait no, even the dad, even the dad of, no, of the girl yeah. was making bad decisions. Like he kept her phone, like stuff that you see in 42 hours yeah. where it's like, oh, get rid of the evidence. Yeah. Like he kept her phone. He kept her purse. Like it's she's, she's, wild. y'all are supposed to be covering up this murder. Like, why are you keeping the evidence? Not, nothing. Got rid of nothing. And fucking everybody is, is, is doing pretty much the opposite of what most people with any bit of sense would do in those situations okay so even though we're talking straight ass shit about this movie Mm -hmm. still go watch it because the ending is straight gems and priceless like even though it annoys the shit out of me (laughs) it is annoying it makes it worth it but then it doesn't because it's like you're still not satisfied no, yeah, because because I realize that this has been a farce. It has been a farce. It is not real. Ah, uh, it's just annoying. The whole movie is annoying. But it is definitely a horror because you would never want any of this shit to happen to you at all. And it really does show the sacrifice that parents will make for their kids, yeah. even when their kids are bad as shit, deserve to be punished, but they will still sacrifice themselves for their kids. The Lie is technically, like literally technically a better movie than Evil Eye. Like it's shot better. It kind of, you know, it it just looks like a better movie in general. However, they both kind of feel like if they were on Lifetime, they would be rated much higher. I think (laughs) we just needed to lower our expectations to these movies. And, you know, they would have like thrived. But I think because I was seeing Bloomhouse and all this other stuff, you know, with the Amazon collaboration, I just raised my expectations really high. But if you look at it from like a lifetime lens, you'll like these movies. There'll be at least six on a lifetime scale. <laughs> and I used to love me some lifetime, not gonna same, lie. Same. All right. So what would we actually rate the lie? It got a 5.8, but what would we rate it? I'm going to rate it higher than Evil Eye, even though I enjoyed the other more. I'm going to rate um, the lie like a uh, 5.5 is fair <sighs> I guess you're right the it's hard for me to rate it that way because it annoyed the shit out of me but right, you're right about the cinematography or it, it just looking better and it being more polished and mm-hmm. I guess the storyline was also a little was, better and how it yeah. came together at the end but <sighs> that's my objective opinion subjectively evil is a better movie <laughs> <laughs> to me out of these three so far 
I would probably say Nocturne, Evil Eye, and then The Lie. Okay, that's fair. I'm doing. I'm still doing Evil Eye. I'm going to do Evil Eye, The Lie, Nocturne, and then we'll include Black Box. I guess we could do that now. Moving on to Black Box. <laughs> I really liked Black Box. It was my favorite of these four movies, and it also was the only movie that starred, you know, a Black cast. Mm-hmm. Um, it starred Felicia Rashad, also Mamadou Afi. I think that's how you say his name. If you don't know who he is, he's one of my new up-and-coming favorite actors. I freaking love him. He was in um, The Get Down. He was also most recently in Uncorked, which is a great movie by Prentice Penny that you should check out if you haven't. Um, and then he was also in this really goofy show called Oh, Jerome No, which I really enjoyed. I did enjoy that a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. So um, he was a star of this movie. So it's basically about his main character that lost his memory in a car accident and he undergoes an experimental treatment to help him get his memory back. And Felicia mm-hmm. Rashad is his doctor. And she is like one of those spooky ass scientist doctors. Like the shit yeah, gets very unethical. crazy. Yeah, it gets crazy. Um, but I enjoyed it because it was a good twist. Like I didn't expect what happened. There, there's a lot to talk about in Black Box, actually. Um, so I'm actually glad we're finishing with it. First, Black Box is one of, it's actually an interesting horror because it falls into like this weird sci-fi fucking genre. And I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of cool that they were playing with that. I at first did not like this movie. <laughs> and I was looking, I, I think, you know, I came to the conclusion that I was being overly critical and I was looking more at the things that I didn't like and not appreciating all the things that it did right. Um, but once I started going back and look at the things that it did right, this actually was a good movie. Maybe better than Eli, if we're going to be honest here. <laughs> so this ended up being a pretty good movie. I thought it was really well acted, mm-hmm. really well acted by everybody. And the twist, it's not like a M. Night Shyamalan. Did I say that right? Shyamalan? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not like an M. Night um, twist not really it doesn't come like at the end of the movie it actually presents itself and we get to explore the character a little bit more through the twist instead of it being like this kind of gimmick that they're just like oh we're gonna wrap this up so I really like that too and I don't think I appreciated that enough the first time I watched it so I, I think one of the reasons I loved it so much is because it was really similar to Black Mirror like if oh you're gosh, obsessed so with Black good. Mirror like yeah. I am you will really like this episode it was like right, it was a page right out of the fucking book of Black Mirror. Like it was really, it was, it was that good. Yeah, for sure. Um, just like, like you said, the sci-fi aspect of it, the mm-hmm. experimentation, um, and then in, including the horror, which you'll see throughout the movie, the horror comes from him trying to find himself. And literally avoid his demons. Yes. Like I can't imagine what it would, like I don't want to imagine, you know, the trauma that he went through, the car accident, mm-hmm. and trying to like really piece together his life, but then also trying to take care of a little person that you hardly remember and you don't yeah. have the same connections like you used to. And um, so that was really interesting to see throughout the movie and how he comes back to getting his memory mm-hmm. is just like, ooh. And somebody was making note that you you see several grieving processes in this movie. You see like his daughter has to help him and they're both grieving the loss of, you know, his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think Felicia Rashad makes mention of having lost, you know, a son and, you know, that ties into her little evil scientist shit. But even if we, even if we say that, like, you'll still never figure out what it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it just explores all these different like 
grieving processes and what that looks like. And I, I don't know that we get to see that a lot with like a black cast. No, I think, I think you're right about that. Like, cause a lot of times like that, like trauma will happen to black people in movies, mm-hmm. but we don't get to see how they're like processing it and how they're trying to get through the trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this movie did like a, a decent job at like, or at least exploring it deeper. Like this was a deep exploration of like several of those processes. Mm-hmm. And not your typical way of processing. Exactly. <laughs> grief. You know, since we're talking about that, I feel like Another ambitious movie. I personally felt like the end was kind of like a wrap up. I don't necessarily like the ending too much. I just thought it wasn't fully developed. <laughs> I feel bad. because The ending was a little weird to me in the sense of like, it, it felt like it was supposed to be like a continuation of maybe like leading into another movie. And yeah. I was like, we don't need that. We don't yeah, need that I don't think I, I don't think I need another. And I kind of was like, you know, if it's leading into another, I got some questions about the ending, you know, <laughs> and, and Felicia Rashad and like her job. And, you know, I got a lot of questions about why they just let that shit ride. Yeah, I agree with that. So, but what would you rate Black Box? So it got a 6.1 on IMDb. What would you have given Black Box? I'm not going to lie. I think that's actually fair. That's that, that would be the one I agree with. Yeah, I think this is definitely a fair score. Yeah, once I went back and reappreciated it or appreciated it all, like I, I think a six point one is fair. I think the way that they presented um, his trauma mm-hmm. was like really, really unique. Like I really liked how they like presented his trauma when he was trying to like find his memories again mm-hmm. and like trying to figure out who he was and the duality of it. Because you know when we when you know the the twist is when the twist is revealed we get to see this duality of like issues in parenting. I'm trying to talk about it without talking about like- I know, it's so action. hard not to talk about I the know, spoilers. go watch the movie. <laughs> but it, there's a duality piece where you get to see two sides to a person and you get to see each side of that, that person discover themselves. And that's a really interesting like moment. That was a really good moment in the movie. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm glad you understood it because I was trying to speak in code. I know it's so tricky. Should we do this moving forward? Like, should, or should we just give spoilers? We're just gonna We're just spoil gonna, everything. Yeah. Make sure you guys watch the movies before we start we'll put talking them in about the description. <laughs> Once they're in the description, go watch the movies and then come back. Because this is this is hard. You guys, a lot of favors. Oh wait, what's your what's your four then all together? Oh, my four definitely Black Box, Nocturne, Evil Eye, and The Lie. I think I'll do Black Box, Evil Eye. Mm. The Lie Nocturne. Oh, okay. I know. Oh, but I did want to ask you a question. Okay. So do you think Bloomhouse would have received the, in quotation marks, the like notoriety that it has now if it did not um, produce Get Out? Um, Absolutely. I say that because, you know, I think the movie that made Bloomhouse was Paranormal Activity. And that's mm-hmm. me having a very, you know... <laughs> very shallow understanding of Bloomhouse and its history and things like that but I think when you talk about some of the best fucking horror movies of all time or at least mainstream is Insidious, Sinister like those were really good horror movies um even Paranormal Activity for its low budget was good The Purge mm-hmm. big idea trash ass movie but they fix it in the sequel like you know Oculus I thought Oculus was good Creep is a great fucking movie. I really enjoyed it. You know, and then we're talking about like Get Out, Whiplash, fucking Happy Death Day. Like they have such I I, I don't I don't I don't know that 
having Get Out would have made or broke them. I just think that they they've been doing so much in that genre mm-hmm. that they're like a powerhouse. Yeah, Get Out and Us are like the cherry on top. Yeah, for me, yeah. anyways, when it comes to Bloomhouse. Yeah, I mean they they produce some good shit, man. <laughs> and I'm I mean good. I'm not talking about like they're getting Oscars and shit. I'm talking about like just good shit that people want to watch. Yeah. By people, I mean me. <laughs> I'm watching all Bloomhouse's productions. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into episode nine of Shit Black Girls Watch. We are so like we are really enjoying this podcast and bringing you guys content every week. We are going to be taking a break after episode 10 for about a month, but make sure you binge listen our episodes before we get back into it next year. And tell a friend to tell a friend. Hell yeah, Pat. (laughs) Spread the word. (laughs) Uh, Paul Daddy. Yeah. All right, spread the word, Paul Daddy. We're going to hit y'all up next time. Love always.